0: What's track out? Track out's just like summer break, except split up into a ton of little
1: chunks throughout the year. I oh, know. It was July is a terrible month to start school. Yep. Except that we get to take three weeks off the last half of September, the first week of October. It's pretty nice. Yep. And throughout like January too. Yep. Yep. We get three weeks at Christmas. We'll get three weeks in the spring and... Some years it's five, some years it's six. It's weeks really of nice, yeah, because I don't forget everything over those small breaks. Yeah, it's that. I it just it, it, right about now we're we're recording this, of course, on the uh, last day of the first track, and yeah. it's it's one of those days you're like, wow, we've worked pretty hard this whole track. I mean, oh there's, yeah, there's a lot of stuff we've. I was thinking about that this morning. Like we've read 300 pages of philosophy, three whole books. And since you're in honors, you've read three essays on literary theory, and other, there's just a lot. But now it's time for a break, which is pretty exciting. Yeah, it's a, it's been a pretty good track, but it was really we had a lot to do. It was really we did. A workload. We did. Yeah. Uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of What's the Res, an ongoing conversation about the current resolutions in the world of high school debate. My name's Josh Herring. My name's Ethan Delves. Today we're gonna have one of those sort of. Uh, Well, if we were a TV show, this would probably be like a Clips episode or something, Uh, but we just want to spend a few minutes thinking about where this podcast is and what's been going on with it. Uh, We very much appreciate you, our listeners. Uh, I was looking back at our numbers. We just broke 6,000 downloads, which is very exciting. We now have 71 episodes. Is that right? I think so. Uh, yep, seventy-one episodes on, on our Podbean account. That includes premium content. It does. Yep. 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 So we've got, I think we're at so uh, sixty-three of or sixty-two of those are free, and yep. nine of those are on our premium side. And we we've done a lot. So Ethan, just let's let's think about this for a second. What what do you enjoy about podcasting now that we've been doing this for
0: what? Six I mean, months? Yeah, I Five think months? seasons seasons one and two have been really good. There's been a lot of highlights. I really like our interviews. I think that we've kind of got it down as far as like learning how to schedule interviews and do interviews and all of the audio stuff too. So big shout out to Noah because he slaps the beats in the beginning and end of every single episode. And he, I mean, nighttime, morning time, and text him really early or late and he'll do it. So he's been dedicated. Um, and as far as podcasting goes, I think the number one thing for me is we've gotten a lot more conversational on episodes. There's yeah. less, like, there's structure, but it's not like we're freaking out on the first episode, or episode zero, if you want to go back and listen to that. Oh, where man. we just had no idea what we were doing. That's true. Yeah. I, I
1: went back and listened to that a while ago. I, actually, though, I think we have we have kind of done what we said we were going to do in that first episode, yeah. which I'm excited about. That, that...
0: We, we had a plan. We had a solid plan, and we followed yeah. it through. So yeah. I think, what, it's September now, so this has been...
1: Like we we started in February. February, yeah. So seven months. Yeah, seven months. Yeah, that's good. We've had uh, we are we continue to grow. Uh, okay, so I'm trying to think which which who all have we interviewed. So far? Um,
0: Dr. Vetter was a good one, mm-hmm. I, and I got to use that really cool studio at Franklin Academy that Kennedy set us up. That's with, right. So that was they really they nice. got a really
1: nice media center over oh, there. Oh yeah.
0: Yeah, that was awesome. We did um, Dr. Schwick as well.
1: Yep, that yep. was a good so, interview. Uh, that was, uh, I was I was excited about the Hillsdale connection there. That was pretty cool. And oh yeah, Mister uh, Mister Bryson as well re- recently. Oh, that's Cibitas right. Institute. Yep, yep. that was good. I listened that the other day. I thought you did really well with Thanks. the uh, the conversational bit there. You and no I. No, you told me you didn't use any of my questions, but then... Nope. I mean... You did.
0: I used, like, two at the beginning, but then we... I don't know if I just kind of tracked through your interview, like, accidentally, but, I mean, we just had a good conversation. Yeah, so. it, it,
1: but it was... it was, But I, I, I was on another podcast recently. Uh, it's called Out of the Blank, if any of our listeners want to check that out. Out of the Blank podcast. A guy uh, fa- messaged me over Facebook. His name's Robbie, and he's asked if I want to come on to his show, and... Uh, his style of podcasting is pure conversation with no plan. And we had a conversation that lasts about an hour and forty-five minutes. I still haven't finished listening <laughs> to the whole So episode. it's a, it's a Joe
0: Rogan style podcast. You I mean he has like somewhat of a framework, but they he, I mean he really just has conversations with I guess
1: people. so. I guess that's probably what he what it's modeled after because I mean, for Robbie it just sort of started as a conversation about teaching and schools and then just goodness, we went all over the place. Yeah. But, I like the way you did it better, just in terms of personal preference, because I like knowing that when I'm listening to somebody, there is, in fact, a plan involved, and we're going somewhere. So yeah. I thought you were interviewed really, really
0: well with that. I mean, as long as episodes get more and more conversational, like I'm willing to disagree with you on the podcast, and right? I do it quite often now, because you're going through a little economics phase and trying to bring economics into all these cases, like the civil disobedience one, which I really don't understand, but I'm willing to disagree with you on it, and yeah. I, I see you're about to defend it, so just go ahead, get it over Oh, uh, I
1: just... <laughs> The, the, the older I've gotten, the more uh, economics strikes me as something real. Really, the older I've gotten, it strikes me as less and less real. Well yeah, but you're not making money yet or paying all of your own bills. So Well,
0: yeah, I'm sure that has something I mean, to do for, with
1: for, it. I mean, for for from my perspective, economics is pretty vital. And if I if I met, if I get it right, it means that we're in a better spot than we used to be. If I get it wrong, uh, and I make wrong decisions about where we put our money, uh, it's really hard to recover from that. Like yeah. We, we've had months where <laughs> Uh, Mrs. Herring and I have, uh, we've made mistakes in what we've purchased and how quickly we spend our money. And then we get to that last week of the month before payday and man, it's rough. And suddenly you're like, well, you, you've got one, two options. You either eat what's in the pantry, even if all you have in the pantry is like flour and Brussels sprouts oh. <laughs> and you make some awful bread. Like we, we haven't quite made like bread out of Brussels sprouts, but we've had, we've had months where it's like, okay. We can either do that or we can put it on the credit card, at which point we have less money next month. So we. Yeah. So when you mess up economics, even in little – those are little things. Uh, we're not even talking like big things like how do you structure the national debt? And Do you ever pay the darn thing off?
0: Yeah. I mean I'm just right. thinking about a civil disobedience case and sticking with the traditional arguments just uh-huh. for like nostalgia's sake. But um, – as far as that spending money things goes, I'm kind of understanding where you're at now with budgeting because we just switched banks. So my mom took out a hundred of my dollars and that's all I can use. So she she'll replenish it sometimes because she wants to keep me at the hundred until we get to the point where I can get another card and like just use my n- money like normal. Right. But I've bought some things and then I've, I've like wait a minute. That's like, the money's gone. Half, half of my money is gone, <laughs> and I don't know when the next, like, and I've got to buy gas and everything, so.
1: Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that's
0: that's a little picture of what's coming, because. I maybe, mean, yeah, but, you know, premium debates will cover, like, a little bit of that gas
1: money. That's right, right. and I, I, I'm sorry, I owe you a check. I keep forgetting to bring my checkbook with me to school, <laughs> no, so. it's okay. We'll, need to, we'll, we'll get that, we'll get together with track out we at We need some to point. do more premium debates. Keep that's throwing it. them out there. That's it. Getting, We've got uh, so
0: many great people we could debate with too. I really want yeah. to get Aubrey on here.
1: Oh, that would be really good. Yeah. That'd be very good. That'd be that'd be fun. So we many should... people
0: on the debate team. Like Yeah?
1: Yeah. Now that way, that sounds like a great trackout project to me. Yeah, I, I can do a debate. So with that, that and that's a whole other side of things that we've also explored: the premium debates, the uh, the analysis episodes.
0: Oh, I need to do some more of those. I'm ready for that. We, yeah, we
1: need to find a more efficient way to do those. Though it takes it, a
0: long time, but maybe it's just like I'm not. I don't have the skill of cutting I, well, it correctly. Honestly,
1: yet. I'm not. I don't know if I'm sold on the the cutting it being valuable enough. So this is where we could use
0: some feedback from our listeners. So if you're True. listening to this and you've listened to any of our premium debates or analysis episodes, what like, what kind of structure sounds good? for those? Yeah, I guess that's what I'm a good question. You know, like, because I've done the play-by-play thing, but that requires me to cut, oh, like, 30, so 40 tedious. samples of audio. Um, and the first one came out okay. I don't know about the second one, but um, it did take a really long time, and I'm not sure how choppy that really came out. Yeah,
1: I think we honestly might be better off doing a straightforward, uh, just the same sort of thing we do in class all the time, where, uh, where we just do a reading of the round and just I mean, explain it and, and just a kind of like a 10 minute episode that's just Here's Ethan explaining the round off of his flow and cut it and done. I mean, I'm not completely
0: sold on that because there's a podcast like NPR, which they'll have someone just constantly talking, but then they'll phase in their voice for like a small You don't like that. You don't like commentary like that? Well
1: no you know what NPR has that we Oh
0: well they have a massive studio and they don't use fee funds. And
1: a budget
0: yeah, but you know, like we have have a decent microphone. We've got a we've got a sound engineer that knows how to pull off all of those tricks on
1: logic. That's true, but, but they have Dedicated personnel who are working on that for six to ten hours a day. You and I are doing this as a side project. Well, so. it'd be nice
0: if we could find a studio to. Oh, that's true. That's
1: true. Uh, I am saying, I think one of my favorite interviews. This is going a little bit back. Uh, was with Janique Stewart. Oh yeah, yeah That yeah, was a that really was fun one, uh, and it's been really interesting to watch because she did that. She was uh, she's been a pro life advocate for a long time, so that was way, that was before the heartbeat bill. As a, we're, we're starting to see some of the issues that we've been looking at through this podcast now cycling back around to the public eye. And she was so articulate,
0: too. Like her, she, she spoke nice and slowly and deliberately so you could understand everything. Right? So I mean, She definitely has a podcast type of voice. Yeah. She's yeah, a professional
1: good. communicator, and it definitely shows. Yeah.
0: So I'm thinking about structure for these next couple episodes and seasons that we're going to be doing, too, because I want to make this the best season yet. It would make sense. Um, what are you thinking for for our, we're going to keep our public schedule the same. I think so, yeah. Monday, Wednesday, Friday has been good.
1: I think so, though we are, of course, today's Friday the 13th, and uh, maybe it's fitting that uh, I I dropped the ball a little bit, I didn't send Noah the episode early enough, so we don't have one posting today, but we'll probably get that up on Monday, but hopefully we can maintain Monday, Wednesday, Friday.
0: Yeah, okay. And then I need to, we're going to. Put them all on the website too. Oh, we mm-hmm. also have our premium debates link on the website now. So if anyone's interested in premium debates, www what's the res www what's the is a place to go. Right, right. Um,
1: but you're talking s- about structure. What do you mean? What are you thinking? Structure. Structured. Structured. Wise.
0: Like, should we keep splitting it up into seasons,
1: or should we have a running list, or because that indicates I, an off season and right, a an season. Right, I like the season idea because the season lets us. I, I don't know if any of our listeners actually care about this or not, but there, there is an official year-round competitive debate season that begins in, uh, in September, and it tends to wrap up by April as far as local and regional competitions. And then you've got your national tournaments that happen each summer, So, which I think works rather well for us to track this. And we can kind of track our season as really being with the school year in that sense. So I think our season two is really going to go all the way through till May. It's kind of what I'm thinking. Okay, and I'm almost
0: thinking for the premium debates. What if we mixed? What if we just had the analysis like as it is right now? But because c- having the debate and the analysis is almost like listening to the debate twice. If I do all those sound clips, mm-hmm. but if we could find a way to pull off something like the NPR podcast does, where we have s- small commentary in between these Ooh. different arguments, then you could listen to the whole thing through. But you would be getting the debater or your opinion. During the round, so you would see where it's going from that'd like, be from really a interesting. Live standpoint,
1: It'd be very interesting because it's
0: difficult to do that. because people talk really fast sometimes. So right. getting your audio in there without it sounding
1: really choppy might be challenging, but I think I yeah. could pull it off. You know, honestly, I think one of my favorite parts about this has been learning just a tiny bit about sound. Oh podcasting. yeah, that's been good. I mean, now we know how to record our own episodes. Just pull right. up GarageBand, throw on the fee fund, you're good I, to go. I had no idea how useful GarageBand was as a platform. I mean, we can. We literally have been able to do this with almost no money, and yeah. and have it sound really good. The trick seems to be finding good quiet spaces to record in, and then good content to talk about. And, and I'm
0: and I'm, It's about to pay for itself too. I mean, if, if we have premium debates, you know, consistently going, our microphones will get paid for. And I mean, that's pretty much all you need. We just have a fee and You already had the sure. laptop, so you're good to go. Yeah, I'm thinking for our um, resolution analysis episodes, we should. Um, either have more examples or do something a little bit differently. I want to change up the structure a little bit. I'm just not awesome. sure. I'm not exactly sure I would want to do it right now, but I'm thinking we could have more historical examples. It depends on the resolution, too. Because like public forum, people are digging in for a ton of data. Right. So a meta-analysis of the resolution is almost, like, at least in the experienced debater's mind, already set. Because when you have a resolution like that, or maybe for LD, they would already have a paradigm set in their head. But... For beginning debaters, it, I would see what we're doing is really useful. I'm wondering if we could spread, yeah. have a further extension of our audience, and we could add more value for the um, varsity debaters as well.
1: Oh, that'd be interesting, and I'm thinking the the next public forum topic hasn't really the topic is set. It's on cybersecurity, and they've got. They haven't quite picked the resolution. We'll know in about two and a half weeks, on the 1st the of October, which is going to be the resolution. But either way, I think one of them was on blockchain technology, and the other was on uh, domestic cybersecurity concerns. Okay. So those are going to be really data-heavy. I'll uh, I know I, to do, I'll have to do some digging in, if, especially if they do the blockchain. I still don't understand blockchain. Do yeah. you know
0: what blockchain is? Blockchain is the platform that Bitcoin is attached to.
1: Which is great. Which is, that still doesn't tell to what it is. I mean, that's pretty much...
0: I mean, as far as any economics conversation in ninth grade, that's as far as I've gotten. But, right, right. Yeah. Um, here's an interesting idea. There's this app that I... was. Remember that time on Reddit, I was talking to that app developer. Yeah, yeah, It's yeah, called yeah. Figgle right okay. there. Figgle, it's it's weird because it's really nice, first of all. And I, I was asking him if we could make um, like an update to it to make it a little more useful because it, it's really good from what I've seen. Basically... If you go to anywhere on the internet, you could it could be like a YouTube video, an article, any anything, any link from the internet, you can take the link from there and almost publish the link on your own. It's like retweeting almost, but on your Figgle page, right? Okay. So if we did that, we could republish or retweet-ish all of the case resources that we've found, and instead of having to compile show notes, we could just have links to all of the articles right there for people to just go in. If they follow us on Figgle, we could find they can find all the resources the hard part is splitting it up by resolution because the the categories is still i'm not sure if they've done anything with that but i've tried it out and it published really nicely it was a really nice nice. order you have articles and videos and everything i'm still
1: tickled by the word fickle that just seems like a really funny word to name your app i mean as
0: long as you have a minimalistic like (laughs) user interface and it's like really clean and everything and you have just some weird
1: name your app your app is going places i suppose so well uh, so, uh, Ethan, is there a single episode at over the 60 or so of the ones on the, on the free channel that have, uh, is there a single episode that stands out as your favorite one that out we've done? Out of all 60? Yeah.
0: So my favorite memory is the truth is a cornerstone of society one or reality. Yeah. It was society. Um, because that, I just had to get up really early and I made some coffee, sat down and we called in for the first time for yep, that episode. Yep. Um, I really enjoyed like going through ideas about truth and everything. Granted, you t- completely carried on the articles part of that one because my understanding, and I had been keeping up with my readings. My reading was just slow, and I didn't really get anything. That was fun. But um, the conversation was great, and I was really, and still am really into Jordan Peterson, who like goes off about that stuff all the time. Um, so that was one of my favorite ones. I really liked... Let's see the Dr. Vetter interview. Just getting okay. to know him a little bit, um, and he's a really nice person to talk to as well. And using that studio was just really fun.
1: I saw his; he had a. Uh, I, I saw an article in the Wall Street Journal a couple weeks ago, and I started I was like, "Whoa, this is interesting. This sounds familiar." Then I looked at the name; it was Dr. Richard Vetter from yeah. Ohio University. So, I'm like, oh, no, I mean, we know him. He's How cool awesome. Is that?
0: And getting to know all these people too. That you know, they're already. Well, like at least for me, they're in the workforce already. Which eventually I'm going to be in the workforce. But it's people that care about certain ideas and care about truth, right. and especially in in Vermont, you meet so many people, and all of the speakers there are really well. Um, they articulate themselves really well, but are really concerned with truth and current events. But mm-hmm. not only current events, but they have a sense of ought, if you know what I mean, like how yeah. ought things be. Um, yeah. And meeting people like that and showing that you don't need to lose that sense of what should be as you get older is really encouraging. And especially when you get to interview these people and and you know pick their brains on things like that as well.
1: Um, I think one of uh, I, two stand out in my mind of just ones I really enjoyed that we've done that are really. I think they're – well, actually, I think I'm going to mention three. Uh, They all three are some of our bonus episodes. Okay. Um, The first one of those we did with AOC and the Green New Deal. Oh, man. Everyone everyone seems to like that one that I've sent it to. uh, Well, it just – it's such a funny thing because I think across both parties, all of the centrist people in both parties think the Green New Deal is a giant, horrible – Plan. And that day,
0: and that day, we just dropped everything and read the Green New Deal. We and did, and it was just,
1: and it was one of we were we were pretty early to commentary on that one too. So oh we yeah, were, that was a good episode. Wise, we were very well, yeah. well, well on that. So I really enjoyed that one, and it's, i think of it every time I see either AOC do something silly. Mm-hmm. She had a tweet up this morning. I wish there had I'm like surely I can't imagine this is true. Maybe it is, but she was tweeting out that apparently there are Republicans who have done a commercial about with her on fire. Oh, man. And I'm like... I mean, I would be upset, too. Well, yeah, but I'm like, okay, is that true? Because she said so many things that are obviously false. But yeah. And she didn't have, like... She didn't link the video in there, in the tweets. I'm like... Wait a minute, if this was true, wouldn't you have linked the video? Because most people are not going to be like, yay, burn her. Instead, they're going to be like, this is awful. Yeah. So I would think she would, anyway.
0: I mean, I would put it past him, but like, right. I don't put anything past anyone Oh, there the things uh, I've read.
1: Did you see the, uh, the, the the cartoon video she did about like going to the future and yes. how perfect the world is going to be? And 2100 all because AOC got us all to change the world. No more airplanes. Oh, it's absurd. There's that episode, um, the Zizhak Peterson Oh debate. yeah, that was a long episode, but it was good. It was, and it's still, I was looking at the numbers, that's still our most listened to episode.
0: I was actually listening to a Peterson podcast where he mentioned that debate, but it was before he had it, and he was like, I'm thinking about just going through a list of the ten axioms of Marxism, and I was like, that's not a good plan, but you're still my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: know, of those two, I definitely like, I, I like Peterson's ideas more than Zizhak, but man, Zizhak has such a great voice. Yeah, I, I was. He's like he's a popular Marxist. Yeah, is just what he, which is cool. I was somewhere the other day and I heard some. I, I no, it was, <laughs> it was while reading a student's paper. Oh man! And um, uh, and I just could hear in the back of my mind, Slavoj Žižek. No, It's like <laughs> very Slovenian. No. In the bag, and I was like, that's just what's, I was like, no, that is not what the author actually means here. No. (laughs) Really funny. No, I mean,
0: that was a really good episode, too. If you had a dream interview with anybody you could possibly interview, but make it
1: like relatively achievable, who would you want to interview? I would love to sit down with my favorite site. Well, I don't know if I call him my favorite anymore because he's he's changed quite a bit over the years, but I love, still to this day, I love his earlier stuff. Orson Scott Card. Okay. Have you ever read any of his books? I haven't. I haven't. He's, a, uh, he's a Mormon sci-fi fantasy author who was huge in the science fiction community across the 1980s, 90s, and early 2000s. It's now, I don't know if you've realized. You probably haven't had this realization yet. I, I would not have had this by the time when I was 17. But uh, was a couple months ago, I kind of looked around and realized a lot of my heroes from the previous generation are getting old and dying.
0: I definitely have not had that realization
1: yeah. yet. Uh, in the last six months, uh, there's been four towering figures in like, public, conservative, either... Oh, like think the, one tank. of the Koch brothers? Yeah, one of the Koch brothers was one of them. There's a bunch of favorite professors of mine from Hillsdale who are now retiring. But I'm thinking particularly like, there are folks just, who just keep passing away. And I'm like, man... Who's who's going to replace them? It's your turn so, to be the hero, Mr. Well, maybe, maybe someday, but that's, that's the... Anyway, but uh, for me, Card is definitely one of those people. I love his writing. He wrote... Um, probably the most famous of his books is a novel called Ender's Game. Okay. And, but he has a whole bunch of books that are... They're deeply psychological... Uh, I know you've heard me rant about why I don't like psychology as a formal discipline before, but his—I'm his, still not sold on that.
0: After I, hearing everything, you need to listen to the Peterson podcast. I, <laughs> you, no, I'm not joking.
1: I will send you my favorite episode. All right, I'll leave it there, all right, I'll leave it there. all right. I'll—I'll I'll, I'll make that. I'll—I'll I'll do that. Um, next next road trip, I'll just put Jordan Peterson on to see if I can stay awake. Okay. So, um, uh, but his uh his stories have a—he has a phenomenal reading of the human person. What I But one of the things, if I ever got the chance to interview Orson Scott Card, I would love to find out. I Honestly, I want to know why he's Mormon still. Okay. Because his Mormon faith is central to his identity. He's also incredibly well-read. He's very intelligent. And at least from my understanding, I would look at the Mormon religion as having several basic factual flaws that I think would mean that it's not eligible to be a true religion. And yet, Orson Scott Card has been, he remains a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and I'd love to know why. And I'd also love to know, I'd just love to interview him about writing, because he is this prolific writer. Now, that has nothing to do with debate. It does have a little bit to do with an upcoming interview. uh, Oh yeah, uh, that's right. Uh, so, uh, next week, yeah, next week, actually a week from today, I'm going to sit down with uh, a sci fi author here in Raleigh named Christopher Ruccio. That'll be one of our bonus episodes. It should be up uh, early October. And I uh, get to interview him about uh, his time at NC State and why he got an English and uh, classics degree from NC State. Yeah. And has gone on to be a. I, I'm also curious to interview him. There's a few different debates in sci fi publishing that I suspect he will know about. So we'll be able to kind of tie that in, but he—he's who I would want to interview. Who would you interview if you could? You could pick anybody.
0: I would interview Representative Dan Crenshaw from Texas in Congress.
1: Yeah, he's got the eye patch. He right? has the eye patch. Yes. I,
0: and what I really like about him, and I don't know why. Well, I'm not going to say I don't know why because I think it's great that he does this. But he, on his social media, especially on Instagram, he publishes. Videos of him explaining different topics. It's almost like a resolution analysis. Like he publishes videos, except like YouTube video-ish kind of thing. You know, on um, it's called IGTVs, Instagram TV. So you can post really long videos, three five minute videos explaining issues on immigration or gun control or any of the most basic or like most popular hot button issues. And he just goes through and explains a little bit of the history of it, wh- where we're at now, and why he thinks that his standpoint is what he thinks that this congressional decision would do to help solve it. And he's fair about the way he's fair in the way that he goes about it. I saw one of his um, he he appeared before the court as well, and he was talking about I think it was. Um, privacy, like cyber privacy or something, okay. and some issue with Google and or Facebook, and they had done something wrong, and then he went through, you know, just very fundamental things about people's privacy. And he's a really good speaker, but I also love that he explains everything, and he takes... He takes enough care to explain things to people when he knows that they, they might not understand the whole history. Because for everyone's job, I would argue it's important to be a well-rounded individual and you need to know the basics, at least the fundamentals of mm-hmm. our country and our history and everything. But it's understandable that not everyone knows every single thing about the history of immigration or, the, or where we're at now with immigration. Sure. You can't focus on absolutely everything. But he tries to fill in that gap because it's part of his job as a politician to be honest and in informing the public. And right. I think he does that really well and i would love to see him become president one day i mean i i would i'm a huge fan i would love to interview him 2032 so, yeah what's his what's his full name uh, Dan Crenshaw
1: President Crenshaw that president does have Crenshaw. a very presidential sound and I have a friend with it. the last
0: name Crenshaw too so that's kind of funny because I'm there imagining Dallas as being president right
1: now
0: <laughs> but it shows that What's the Res isn't just like we're, we're a debate podcast but we sit down with tons of different people and have those good conversations as well for our bonus episodes which I don't think is necessarily a bad thing that we kind yeah. of stray away from debate sometimes because it's, it shows that the world is connected in tons of different ways and disagreement can be found everywhere especially we're just talking about those sci-fi um, debates on publishing too so so disagreement is everywhere, and our goal is to help um, discover truth, or at least facilitate habits that help to discover truth.
1: This past summer, I was uh, with Mr. Uh, with Jared Rhodes of the Coolidge Foundation. We were we had a couple long car rides back and forth between uh, Vermont and or uh, the Plymouth Notch and, and uh, Boston. Yeah. Okay. And at um, some point in there, we were talking about what's the res. And uh, Jared's become a follower. Uh, he he also is a subscriber to the premium stuff. Uh, he he really likes them. He he enjoys those debates. But he was telling me – I was telling him like, I was a little worried. Are we getting out of our niche? Because that, that's one of the – I'm sure you've seen it. But that's one of the basic advice pieces on all the big, like, how to do a good podcast, yeah. articles. It's like find your niche and stay in your niche is the argument. And Jared said, well, he doesn't think – he told me, I don't think you guys are really beyond your niche because your niche is anything related to high school debate. And really – there's a lot of ground that that covers, and with every new resolution, we it's almost as if we get a whole new topic area that we didn't know we needed to know about, yeah. and suddenly that unlocks a whole bunch of new people that we need to talk with, and every time I talk with somebody else, it's as if I discover a new area where I actually debate is relevant to what that person does work-wise, and it really, I think it points back to something I was reading last week from... Um, Roman orator Cicero, who argued that really, oratory is everywhere. And oratory is, to, to be a good orator, you need to be a student of human nature and all the different ways in life that human nature kind of works out. Because when you stand up and give a speech in any context, you have to know your audience, you have to know your subject, and you have to know everything that relates to either of those.
0: Yeah, and I kind of like this on-the-ground sort of approach. I, I know you showed me this poem that we were doing for the speech kids, and it was like, you be a common man, but don't – or, don't, like, be walk with kings, but don't lose a common touch or something. Oh, it's
1: uh, Rudyard Kipling. Uh, yeah. If.
0: Exactly. And it's not like we're trying to be the most famous podcast in the entire world, which would be great because, you know, debate's important. Joe Rogan, really nice. watch
1: out. We're coming for you. Yeah, we're coming you. for Just you, Joe Rogan.
0: Um, yeah, right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm your, I'm your
1: but amazing. it's
0: – I think it's important to um, – that we, we act as people on the podcast, which is why I value the communication and the conversational aspects so much. And we're average people that want to know about the world and want to discover truth and mm-hmm. want to at least know where we are and where we're possibly going. And I think that's a really important part of what's the res, and it can also be found everywhere.
1: Um,
0: the only quibble
1: I would have is the average. I don't know what average people are. I've, I've never met an average person. Every person I well, meet is yeah. unique and special and individual and uh, amazing in very different ways. So I'm still, I'm not sure I'm willing to say either of us are average people. Maybe, I wouldn't say we're average people, but I would say we have a, a hunger for important things that
0: um, I would argue that every average person should hunger for, like knowledge and. Um,
1: okay, go for it. Roast me. Oh, well, I'm just still go stuck on me. the word average. You know, have right. you heard the joke about the word normal. That it doesn't exist. Well, anywhere. that's that's the point of the joke. Hilarious. The joke is that normal is a setting. What is normal? Normal is a setting on the dryer. <laughs> that's all it is. All normal means is it's just a setting on dryer. There is no such thing as normal. And when it comes to people, I would I think I would argue that the same is true for people. There are no normal people. I don't think there are normal people, but I think there's things that every person should do,
0: and I'm not saying Agreed. things that every person Agreed. should do is listen to our podcast. I mean, or. You know that would be a good thing to do. I but think at least not everyone's but, gonna do that. No, not honestly. everyone's gonna do that, but I think everyone should. <laughs> everyone should be seeking truth and you know seeking knowledge. And I like to bring people on for interviews yeah. to help aid in that goal.
1: Uh, oddly enough, we should probably wrap this up because we're getting long enough for this sort of episode.
0: Yeah, Patrick's smiling at me outside of the door. Oh, too. of he course was. he is. Yeah,
1: yep. we should. We, well, at some point we'll get him on uh, again. He was. He, hey, was, on, he was on. Yeah, actually. he was on that debate episode way yeah. back when. Yesterday I was covering uh, junior classical league for Mrs. Herring because she was off on a uh, at a volleyball game, and lo and behold, I, I was like, "Wait, that, that sounds familiar. I, I recognize that beat." There were some middle schoolers who were sitting in the back of JCL. They were playing "What's the Res" on their iPad.
0: Really? No wonder we broke six thousand. <laughs> <laughs> is, is that where all of our listens come from?
1: <laughs> <laughs> you know, if it is, I'll I'll, I'll take it. It's okay. Uh, Well, ladies and gentlemen, we hope that you've enjoyed this uh, special, rather uh, off-the-cuff, less-than-thoroughly-planned-out episode of What's the Res? Ethan and I are at the tail end of a a nine-week trek through this section of the school year, and uh, we at least thought it'd be fun to sit down and think about where we've been and where we're going. We've got a bunch of exciting episodes coming up. Uh, I'll be interviewing Christopher Rucchio. I'm also going to be interviewing Dr. Kelly uh, Fitzsimmons Burton on. Uh, for Dr. Burton, I'll be interviewing her about the role of reason in a postmodern age. Is it still good to? Can we still really rely oh, on reason? That's going to be so good. Oh I yeah, mean, I, I'm looking forward to it. We've. we've <laughs> We've been trying to have this interview for about three months, but uh, Dr. Burton had surgery, and uh, she emailed me and said, you know, I probably should not do an episode on Reason when I'm taking lots of high-power pain meds. (laughs) I thought, you know, that's a great idea. Let's let's postpone this. So she's now in recovery, and so we're going to try and knock that out. And we've got. uh, I think I've got. We've got two premium debates coming up uh, soon. And I've also got an episode coming up with a friend of mine from Hillsdale, who's now become a high school policy debate coach in Texas. And uh, I don't. No, no. I told you about this, Ethan. But he. uh, His name's Brian, and he loves K's. So really? and he is determined to convince me that there is a good place for K debate. So I'm open to it. That's that that's gonna be part of our discussion. So we've got lots of exciting stuff coming up here on what's the res. So we hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do that uh, by emailing us at what's the at gmail.com. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Reddit with the hash or with the handle at what's the underscore. We're on Facebook at Facebook.com slash what's the And you can always find us at our website, www.whatstherez.com. the
0: And until next time, work hard, speak well, and seek the truth.